Welcome into Lockdown Horn Frogs, your daily TCU athletics podcast. I'm Stephen Simcox, your host. Also, my day job is I'm a producer at 1660 ESPN Central Texas. I wanted to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts you'll ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. Thanks to them for bringing you today's episode. It is Thursday. October 29th, we are getting closer to Baylor and TCU football getting going on uh, Saturday at 2.30. In this first segment, we'll hit some uh, TCU news that's come down the wire over the past day or so. Also, we'll uh, we'll get in a little bit more into this matchup, some guys I'd like to see get some more targets, get some more touches on offense in this upcoming game. And then the second segment, um, special treat. I'm I'm supposed to talk with CJ Moore from the Athletic. CJ does a nice job covering uh, Big 12 hoops. He's based in Kansas and he covers the whole conference well. Um, he's a college basketball writer for the Athletic, and he had a really good story on Desmond Bain. Now, if you haven't been paying attention to the NBA draft, it's going to happen um, next month. So it's it's sort of odd timing. Usually, it happens in the summer, but Desmond Bain is rising up draft boards. I saw. Some mock drafts that had him going at 20 to the Heat, maybe as high as even like 18 to the Mavs. Um, there's also some that have him late first round, early second round. So uh, a big-time uh, player at, at TCU, loved watching Desmond play. He was a bright spot on a team that was pretty up and down and inconsistent. The one thing you could count on was Desmond making big shots and scoring a lot of points and leading that team. So excited for him. And CJ wrote a good profile on why Desmond is catching the eye of a lot of scouts right now, um, catching the eye of some some talent evaluators. So we'll get into that story with him and just what type of player he thinks Desmond will be. And we'll also ask him about Big 12 hoops and uh, how he feels about TCU and some other teams going into the season. wanted to start with some news. Uh, first of all, Artavius Lynn, tight end for TCU, is out for the season. He tweeted on uh, Wednesday night, I guess that's the end of my season. Excuse me, it's Tuesday night. I record these. So I record Thursday's podcast on Wednesday, and it's really hard to keep track of time because I'm always keep trying to keep in mind that I'm doing things not the day of, but the, the day before. So my apologies. Uh, but Artavius Lynn tweeted out on Tuesday night, that wraps up my season. He had a heart emoji that was broken in half. And Jeremy Clark from 247 followed up and said he can confirm that Lynn's season is over. And that's unfortunate. I mean, Artavius, his stats aren't going to jump off the page. He had six receptions for 77 yards and a touchdown. But I feel like he was a huge asset for this offense at times. And I was really excited about the work he did uh, against Iowa State um, in, in that season opener. That was fun to see him, you know, get going and get that touchdown. Uh, he had started all four games. He's a big guy who can block a little bit. So his season's done, and that's now three starters this week that have uh, gone down with season-ending injuries. They lost Noah Daniels for the year in that game against Oklahoma. Also lost Wes Harris for the season, and now Artavius Lynn. So Carter Ware is going to take that spot at tight end, and I would imagine this might also mean we, we see some more targets, hopefully to pro Wells. At inside receiver, he's one of those guys, you know, they got that late touchdown to him against Oklahoma, but I just feel like there's so much potential 
with with Pro Wells and what he can do across the middle. And I, I want to see him get uh, more receptions and more targets as the season goes on. And hopefully we'll see that against Baylor. Even though Baylor's got a really good linebacker in Terrell Bernard, they got some good safety play. I believe Christian Morgan, one of their safeties, is going to be back. But I, I just think you need Pro Wells challenging folks down the seam, and that's something uh, that they can do with him, which, uh, which which could really open things up offensively. Um, turn into that Baylor game, and best of luck to Artavius Land. I hope he recovers quickly and is able to go next year. He's actually a senior, but with everybody getting an extra year of eligibility, he could potentially come back for another season. So if that's something he's interested in, we'll see if he ends up going that route. Um, I want to get into the Baylor game, though, and we've talked about the offense a lot over the years or over this year, over the past couple weeks. This is a critical game. You know, everyone I'm I'm hearing and talking to seems to think this is going to be a, a 15 to 13, 13 to 10, 20 to 14 type contest. So now that we've said that, I'm sure that it'll end up being like 45 to 44 or something ridiculous like that. But these are two offensively challenged teams. So if you could somehow, like if, if TCU can find a way to get off to a fast start, put some points on the board, maybe go up two scores, uh, get the ball in plus field position with a turnover, that would go a long way against a Baylor team that so far this season has really struggled on offense. They haven't stretched the field a whole lot with Charlie Brewer. And if, if they can't make big plays, then you would think that would bode well for a TCU defense that that's really been their biggest problem is giving up big plays both in the run game and the pass game. And when they limit that, they're usually able to get teams off the field um, and, and force negative plays. I want to see Pro Wells get more involved this week. I want to see Zach Evans get more involved this week. Uh, I really like Kendra Miller. I, I think he's a good back. I wish they would commit to somebody in this backfield. I also like um, Darwin Barlow. I think he's a good player, but could we get somebody, you know, 10 to 15 carries? I think Evans coming in that Oklahoma game late was a nice change of pace. Obviously, we know he's incredibly talented coming from North Shore. I want to see him get involved. I mean, you're already one and three. What do you have to lose? You're, you're fighting for, you know, a winning record at this point, and that's about it. So give him a shot. Let's see what he can do. Let's see what some of the younger guys can do. Let's throw the ball to Quentin Johnston more. Give him more chances on some 50-50 balls up high. These Baylor corners, they're fast, but they're not big. They're not big in frame. So I think he could challenge a guy like Kalen Barnes. I mean, Kalen Barnes is a burner. I don't really think Quentin can necessarily run past him a ton, but I think he can go up and get the ball over him. Um, let's let's give Quentin a shot. Let's get him the ball on a tunnel screen in space. They did that some, but then they get away from it. And let's just commit to something. Like, if you want to commit to running the football and playing with, you know, bigger packages, then, then let's do it. But if we're going to do the air raid thing, let's do that too. It seems like they're more they're most comfortable. You know, we, we, the success that they had in the second half of that Iowa State game and the first half of that Texas game, it was Max getting the ball out fast, getting some tempo going. And I think that's the key too. Can you get some early first downs? Can you get some tempo going as the game goes on to get your offense? If you can jump on this Baylor team early, I really think there's a good chance that you're going to have a great day offensively because Baylor struggled to score. And again, they haven't made big plays down the field. And that's been a struggle for the TCU defense. So if they can avoid giving up those big splash plays, then I think they're going to have a really good shot against the Baylor offense 
that is, is pretty one-dimensional right now. Uh, coming up, we're going to talk with C.J. Moore from The Athletic. He wrote a great piece on former uh, TCU basketball standout Desmond Bain and how he's r- rising up NBA draft boards. We'll get into that next on Locked On Horn Frogs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Okay, we talk about it every day. I think the most consistent thing about this podcast so far is we're going to complain about the TCU offense and we're going to talk about cold, refreshing cores light. When it's time to chill, when you have a chance to sit back and watch some college football this weekend, what are you going to grab? You should grab a cold, refreshing Coors Light. It's what I grab um, when I want to unwind. When you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Coors Light knows no matter what sport is on, Saturdays is your time to chill. Watching football is therapeutic for fans. It's that uninterrupted time that you get, that me time. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light, the one I choose when I need to unwind. I think you need to choose it too. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Our title sponsor today is Rock Auto, and I love talking to you guys about Rock Auto. If if you're someone like me who just doesn't know a lot about what your car needs, you know what maintenance it needs, what parts you need, and there's so many makes and models now, and if going to the auto shop is, is an intimidating thing, go to rockauto.com. One thing I love about it, they're a family business. They've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years and uh, they got a great selection of body parts from hundreds of manufacturers they have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps motor oil and even new carpet if you're uh you know somebody who really likes to work on cars it's a good place to shop if you're just somebody who drives a car every day and doesn't know much about it it's a great place to shop too best of all the prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers Go to rockauto.com right now to see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us feature so they'll know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Again, that's rockauto.com. Welcome back to Locked On Horn Frogs, your daily podcast about TCU athletics. And excited to be joined by a CJ Moore from The Athletic. He covers college basketball for The Athletic. You can subscribe at theathletic.com. It's, for my money, the best sports writing site out there right now uh he wrote a a great story on desmond bain it's titled from rural indiana to the nba here's how desmond bain worked to get here and cj desmond has been flying up draft boards and you do a a nice job of recounting a story from uh, a small catholic high school to now maybe a first round pick potentially do you remember the first time you noticed Desmond and, and thought, man, this guy can uh, can play a little bit as far as his career at, at TCU. Well, I mean, I remember him as a as a freshman, as a guy who who stood out just because, I mean, those those shoulders, I think, catch your attention right away when you watch a basketball game and, and see a guy built like that. And you know, he seems like a guy that was in school for just a long time because he was so productive mm-hmm. for for so many years. And um, you know, so he's been a guy as a somebody who watches a ton of big 12 basketball. He's been on my radar for a long time. And, and I think he, he really just took another step his senior year. You know, you always thought he was a nice player, but um, some of the things he was able to do his, his senior year, you know, putting the ball on the floor and, and those types of things really um, stood out to me and, and showed his, his growth. So obviously, I mean, it's a it's a weird year for the NBA draft. Everything has pretty much been done 
remotely. What is it specifically that's been sort of standing out to talent evaluators that's rocketing him up uh, draft boards over the past few weeks? Well, I'm sure, you know, for one, shooting. Shooting means so much in today's NBA. Um, you know, if you watch the, the games in the bubble, you saw that. And, you know, you see a team like Miami with with guys like Duncan, Ro- Duncan Robinson and Tyler Harrow, um, you know, the roles they were able to carve out, um, mainly because of the way they can shoot the ball. And so I think shooting really stands out in today's NBA, and, and he's one of the best shooters in the draft. And then, you know, is one thing I hit on in the in the piece is just his character. And, and I think the more you get to – he gets to talking to teams, probably the more impressed people get with him. And then as, as they've really had more time to break down film and go back and study what he did, you know, TCU didn't have a great year. So sometimes I think guys like, you know, on, on teams that aren't, you know, are at the bottom of the pack and kind of get overlooked a little bit. But I think because evaluators have had so much time to go back and look at film and really, really study guys, maybe they're seeing a little bit more of, of the stuff he did as a senior that maybe they didn't realize he could do earlier in his career. When you talk to Jamie Dixon and some of the uh, coaching staff that, that coached Desmond at TCU, what were some of the things that they said about, you know, his ability as a player and, and just his character um, that, that stood out to you? Well, you know, everything that's, that's in there about his, his character, you know, the, the work ethic really stood out to me, just, just how – how they said, you know, no matter whether he had good games, bad games, you know, he was going to work. And you hear that from a, a lot of people on, on a lot of different guys. Um, but you can kind of, I don't know, you know, I almost have like a filter in my head where I can tell when it's, when it's real, like when it's kind of beyond the normal. And I think it's beyond the normal for him. But, but I'll, you know, honestly, like everybody had such great things to say about him. And you understand it after you talk to him because, I came away just blown away, blown away after I talked to him because, you know, he's a 22-year-old guy. I've interviewed a lot of 21, 22-year-old guys. You know, he, he, he is a different kind of impressive. He's just he's um, thoughtful. Um, you can t- the, the types of things he talks about, and, you know, I thought it was, it was impressive. You know, he told me he's reading a book every three weeks. Man, I wish I did that. <laughs> <laughs> I, could, I could do those kinds of things, but um, I was just, just so impressed talking to him. And um, I think that's, that's the one thing. So once I talk, you know, I, once I talk to everybody else, you understand where they're coming from. It's not, you know, a bunch of, they're not feeding you a bunch of BS because um, I, I was just blown away, you know, by, by his answers and the thoughtfulness and, and the intelligence and, and uh, you can tell, you know, in an interview, he's going to be saying all the right things when he goes up for those. You know, the, these interviewing with these NBA teams are basically job interviews, and and I think he he hit it out of the park with all of them. I guess I shouldn't be surprised by this because I, I mean I, I saw Desmond play, and his shooting ability was amazing. And there were games where he would pull up, and you just felt like, oh yeah, that's going in, no matter where it was. But uh, mm-hmm. one one thing that stood out to me was you talked to his trainer Taylor, who worked with Cam Johnson last year. Um, and he said he might be a, Des might be a better shooter than Cam, and, and that was what Cam was known for going into the draft. Um, again, I'm sure you hear that from from trainers all the time. But was that also 
a moment that seemed a little more real than some of the some of the sell jobs you probably get when you're talking to, to trainers and, and scouts about guys? Yeah, they're not going to talk trash on their guy. Right? <laughs> but, um, I, I think the the fact that he would would compare him to somebody he trained a year ago, who you know you know Cam Johnson's going to be shooting great and shooting drills and stuff like the guy's just a natural shooter and had a really good you know shooting year in the NBA with the, the Phoenix Suns. Um, that 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 meant something to me because um, you know Cam's still his his guy and he's not going to talk trash on cam but but to say that desmond might even be a big better shooter is yeah that's that's an impressive um something you know i have to put in the article because it, it stood out to me the last thing i want to ask you about desmond is you you do a great job of describing sort of his early life and his great grandparents uh bob and fabby who took him in and i, I didn't realize this really sad to hear and, and condolences to him and his family but bob unfortunately um passed you know passed away but desmond when you got to talk to him what what did his great-grandparents mean to him or what does you know his great-grandma still mean to him and just really um setting his life setting him up for for having this chance to to be in the nba and, and be so successful in basketball yeah i think he looks at them as as most of us look at our parents and mm-hmm. and how influential they are in our in our life and um, you know, even though they were raising him when they were in their 70s and 80s, um, you know, I, I, I don't think it's any different than than a love that, that somebody has for their parents. And I think they did, a, you know, obviously just talking to him, they did a great job raising him. And, and um, you know, he, he learned what, what hard work was, like you learn from your parents. And and um, so I think they just, you know, it's a testament to, to the job they did as parents, um, you know, the, the young man he's become. And uh, it's it's clear talking to him how much how much they mean to him. You know, he doesn't have any regrets with how how his his life has gone. You know, the fact that he was raised by by them. Again, you can find uh, CJ's story on the Athletic from Rural Indiana to the NBA. How TCU's Desmond Bain worked to get here. Uh, before you go, CJ, I just want to ask you a couple questions about Big Twelve hoops. And we we know what the schedule is going to be now. Um, there's some high-profile non-conference matchups. You know, Baylor-Gonzaga is going to be a lot of fun early in the season. Uh, somebody was asking me the other day with some of the trouble that, that football has had, you know, with postponements and cancellations, getting games in, you would think with contact tracing that's going to be a real hurdle for basketball. Um, mm-hmm. When you talk to coaches and administrators, how much optimism is, is there about getting a season in and you know, trying to to keep everybody healthy and avoid those long quarantine periods that could wipe out a number of games if it ends up being a a week or two weeks that you have uh, a team in quarantine? I don't know that there's a ton of optimism around everything. Mm -hmm. I I think, you know, they're hopeful, I guess, that that we can pull this off and we can have a college basketball season. But every conversation, I mean, it's almost like Groundhog Day talking to everybody. Like, you know, it's just like, can't believe what we're going through. Like mm-hmm. it, it's weird, you know, I, they, they all worry. Um, they all worry that, that if, you know, if you get like, you look at Marquette, for instance, um, you know, shutting it down for, for two weeks, I think that's, that's going to be something that, that can happen. And, and it's, what's really scary for college basketball is like the numbers are going the wrong way. Like you were hopeful that by the time the season got here, we'd, we'd be headed in the right direction. Mm-hmm. And, and we're not. And um, so I, I think coaches are, are worried. You know, I mean, 
they're, they're trying to remain help or hopeful in a way, and they're they're trying to to keep their guys as, as safe as they can. But um, it's it's just a, it's a tough spot. I mean, like you said, football hasn't had the easiest time, and with basketball, you're inside, you're all together. So you know, one guy gets gets sick, and it's it pretty much it could wipe out a whole team for a while. This TCU program, I almost feel like. Uh, Jamie Dixon was too successful too fast because they they were able mm-hmm. to turn that thing around and get to the tournament in a couple of years and there's some frustration now as it's been um, hard for them to get back to that level but Bain's gone that's obviously was your best player last year w- what are your expectations for them if you've had a chance to kind of sit down and, and look at that roster as they go into in the go into the season you know, I think they're probably, once again, probably in the kind of the bottom tier of the league. Um, the, the league's better than it was a year ago, I think, from from top to bottom, especially that middle middle grouping. And um, you know, last year I really thought Kansas and Baylor were good, but they're, you know, the middle was probably a little weaker than than we're used to seeing in the league, and, and that's kind of what's kept the Big Twelve so strong. Is is the middle down to the bottom has been pretty strong and. Um, I think it's going to be a really, really good year in the league. Um, you know, for TCU to like crack that top seven, n- not going to be easy just because of what all these other teams return. Um, you know, I kind of think they're down there with with TCU, or sorry, with Iowa State and K State, maybe above those those two. But um, you know, it, if you can just knock off maybe one of those, you know, get get above one of those Texas or Oklahoma State or Oklahoma. You might be a NCAA tournament team because I think the league's going to put a lot of teams in the tournament. Um, because I'm sure, even though we, we're going to have a really, really short non-conference, I think the league will do, do well in, in the non-conference. You can find CG on Twitter at CJ Moore Hoops. He's a great follow for uh, Big Twelve and college basketball. Uh, again, the Athletic is where you can find his work. Hey, CJ, appreciate the time and uh, thanks for uh, great, putting a great spotlight on uh, on Desmond Bain. Hey, it was my honor. Thanks thanks for having me. We'll close things out next on the Locked on Horn Frogs podcast. We're back on Locked on Horn Frogs. Really enjoyed that conversation with CJ Moore from The Athletic on Desmond Bain. If you want to check out that story, I actually tweeted it on uh, the show account at Locked on TCU yesterday, and I'll try to send it out after I, I send out today's pod. So it's, it'll be on my timeline somewhere. Again, that's at Locked on TCU. You can also find me at Simcox Steven. Don't forget, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you might be, um, check out wherever it is you're listening, whatever app it is, and see if you can subscribe. I know you can for sure on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I like, I'd love you to subscribe because what happens when you do that is automatically when I drop these, I try to drop these episodes every morning at 6 a.m. That's what I shoot to do. And it just downloads to your phone. So you wake up, if you have a commute to work, um, this is about 30 minutes every day, so it should fit into that morning commute. Hopefully you can just whip out your phone. Boom. Locked on Horn Frogs is right there and you can listen to it. Um, if you're on Apple podcasts and you want to rate and review me, that'd be fantastic. I'd love for you to give me five stars, but give me your honest feedback. I mean, if you don't like something about the show, um, I've only been doing this for two weeks, so I'm open to some constructive criticism, whether you want to do that on the podcast feature or at locked on TC or at some cock, Steven, give me some feedback on, Hey, I like this part of the pod. I'd like to see more of this. I'm hoping that I can get more guests involved as I continue to uh, to reach out to folks and build and 
and grow the show a little bit. And finally, you know, always there's just growing it by the, the word of mouth. So um, tell a friend that loves TCU sports or that maybe is into Big 12 football and wants to know more about specific teams. Tell a family member. Um, just let somebody know. Tell your significant other. Let people know about the podcast if you're enjoying it and where they can find it. Uh, Locked on Horn Frogs, and I appreciate you joining me today. Wanted to give an update on TCU soccer before we leave. As we know, TCU is a uh, women's soccer and rifle school. That's what we do super well. Uh, but I don't want to make light of it. I mean, TCU soccer is having an amazing season. They're first in the Big 12 right now. They're 6-0-1, and they play uh, tomorrow night, Friday night, against Oklahoma. It's in Norman. It's a 7 o'clock uh, first kick, and Oklahoma's having a tough year. They're 0-4-1. And remember, what's going on with TCU soccer is um, it's a fall sport, but the championship is actually going to be in the spring because the NCAA decided to move all their fall championships to the spring. Football was exempt from that because the college football playoff controls uh, the college football championship. So they're still going on. Bowl season's still going to go on. But for soccer and volleyball and, and cross country, which are in the fall, those championships are going to be later on. The Big 12 decided to go ahead and play a regular season so their student-athletes could get games in um, when they're scheduled to in their normal time. And I still haven't heard exactly what that's going to look like in the spring, but TCU soccer is fourth in one poll right now. They're first place in the Big 12. So obviously, if and when there is a postseason tournament, they're going to have a great shot to be involved and, and to make a deep run in this thing. So OU on Friday, um, you can catch that on Fox Sports Oklahoma. If that's somehow in your cable package, tune in. And again, OU is a team that struggled so far this season. And... The big game is going to be November 6th, which is a week from Friday, and that's against West Virginia. West Virginia is 6-1 and one on the year. So TCU is still without a loss, and, I mean, they control their own destiny. If they win the next two games, then they'll be first place in the Big 12. West Virginia, that's going to be a huge game in Fort Worth. It's going to be on ESPN+, Plus, not tomorrow, but next Friday. And I, I got word from, uh, from TCU today. I'm actually hoping to get Eric Bell on the show on Monday. I'm hoping to record something with him Monday and post it on Tuesday. Um, still need to nail down a few details there, but hopefully you'll get to hear from Eric Bell next week. I'm um, really impressed and proud of the job that TCU soccer is doing. They're a fun team to watch. I mean, they've had some amazing goals. One of them was on SportsCenter Top 10 um, last week in that crazy K-State comeback on Sunday where they were down 2 nothing and they ended up scoring three unanswered goals. They had a, a, winner, a game winner in overtime a couple weeks ago. That was a, a strike from way outside the box. This is a, a really fun team to watch. So hop on the TCU soccer bandwagon if you're not already there because they're winning games and they're making things happen. On tomorrow's pod, uh, I might have Josh Neighbors on. So there's a Locked On Big 12 podcast, if you didn't know, part of our, our Locked On family. Uh, and Josh covers the Big 12 every single day for the podcast network. So I'm going to preview the Big 12 slate for sure on tomorrow's podcast, either with him or by myself, depending on how things work out. And then we'll have one last uh, preview of this Baylor matchup as TCU gets their first look at Dave Aranda. Gary Patterson did really well against Matt Rule. Um, he went 2-1, and one, and they gave the Bears everything they could handle last year in Fort Worth in that triple overtime thriller. So hopefully TCU can get off to the right start in this Dave Aranda era and uh beat the Bears in, in their first time facing Coach Aranda and Coach Fedora and that staff. That's coming up tomorrow. Appreciate you listening today. 
Again, if you want to send me uh, some comments or some questions on Twitter, at SimcockSteven is my personal account, and at LockedOnTCU is the show account. Thank you again. This is the Locked On Horn Frogs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.